the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Time now for New Hope Radio on AM 1100 KFAX. This program is the radio ministry of New Hope Christian Fellowship in Hayward, a place of healing and restoration. Now here's today's message of hope. Today I want to talk about a few things. So lately I've had this very strange experience where I've had this kind of polar opposite set of thoughts in my life. On one hand, I'm feeling, I guess you could call it very deeply grieved. There's a sorrow, a deep sorrow in my soul. And at the same time, I'm full of ridiculous hope. Anybody? It's a deep moaning and grieving, and sometimes I can't even find the words to say to express the pain that I feel about the things that I am seeing in this world. It is breaking my heart. And yet, at the same exact time, I am not on the ground and unable to move. I feel more and more empowered and strengthened to go and to provide hope in the darkness. Hope in the darkness. Sometimes I look around and I ask myself, as I look at things that are going on, Is there nothing in this world that we cherish? Is there nothing in this world that we hold dear anymore? At times I feel that I've lost all hope in humanity. And at the same time, I know there's this man who is fully man and fully God that came into my life and actually laid down his life for me that I might have a hope for the future. And as I think about these things, the thing that gives me courage, the thing that gives me strength is that I have my eyes on life eternal. I have no longer, don't worry about it. I am not counting on you. I have given up on that. So I want to talk to you about a few things that have just really been pressed on my heart. Yesterday, I posted a report on our, uh, on the love never fails page. And it was about a 15 year old that had been kidnapped from the Mavericks game. 15. She was there with her father. She went to the bathroom and never came back because They saw her leaving with the guy on video. They assumed that she went willingly. So they didn't open up a missing persons report. In fact, they refused for days. They said, she's just, just a runaway. I can't tell you how many times I hear that in the line of work that I do, where there is someone who is suffering 
and they're characterized as just a runaway. Breaks my heart. Breaks my heart. And here, you know, someone asked on my LinkedIn page, well, how does someone get, why would that girl leave with them? I said, well, let me start off with a few things. First of all, a 15-year-old's brain is not fully developed. The prefrontal cortex doesn't get developed until 25. So people can run game on a 15-year-old. I could tell a 15-year-old, your daddy's dying out in the parking lot. Come here, let me come. He said to come and get you. And you could be so overwhelmed by the trauma of what you just heard that you're not, th- you're not thinking. And you just start going with somebody trying to help your dad who you think has had a heart attack in Section 2, 15. Unknowingly, that person is going to escort you out the back door. See, we don't think about these things. We don't think about someone who maybe thinks the boy is cute and says, oh, I'll go out with you. Or let me just give you my number. Let me give you my snap. You know how we do. (laughs) Oh, you don't know what the snap is? We'll talk later. (laughs) So, so, but the thing about it is we blame the child. The child, oh, you should have known better. Oh, you went with this person. Oh, you must have wanted to go through that. Ten days later, because the dad knew how to get an attorney and knew how to get on national TV, then she got rescued. You know how many thousands of girls are never looked for? I could cry so many tears about how many innocent people are still waiting for someone to come. And my heart, every day I get up and I hear these stories and I see them with my very own eyes. My heart is completely broken. But thank God, I'm not counting on man. I don't count on man to keep going. I'm only here because of the Lord Jesus keeping my soul. Keeping my heart, keeping my mind, keeping me focused on things above, things above being about my father's business. That's what I want to be about. And then we got the news report about the young man who's 18 that had been so indoctrinated in Buffalo, New York with such hatred around this thing that's called the replacement theory. Anybody heard about that? It's a conspiracy theory saying that government officials and leaders are trying to replace all white people with non-white people, basically causing white people to become extinct. And it's got young people and people that are mentally ill inflared with hatred and fear such that they have the mindset to go and plan to kill elderly black people in a shopping store. And I could say, oh, that guy, I hate him, that 18-year-old. I could say that, but I don't. Why? Because I know that I've been in a pit. I know I've thought some really messed up things. 
And I know that some people came at me and told me all kinds of lies about other people. Oh, those people, you know how they do. Oh, they deserve what they get. Oh, they're not worth nothing. Oh, we should string them up on a tree and kill them. And if I let that rest on me for a while, I could start imagining how I might harm somebody. Anybody, am I the only one up in here? And so I'm not excusing what he did. But what I'm saying is we're living in perilous times where people are being overwhelmed with false information. And with a a bad report, we're living in a time when people are being lied to, when people are being told to forget about the author and finisher of their faith. You see, it's very easy for every single one of us in here to go 5150, to go postal. We all have it in us. If we did not look to the Lord... To keep us? Huh? Come on. Let's turn to Ruth 1. And we're going to be reading from the NLT. In Ruth 1, it says, Ruth 1, 1. In the days when the judges ruled, there was famine in the land. And a certain man from Bethlehem in Judah with his wife and two sons went to reside in the land of Moab. Now, just in case you're wondering, Moab is a Semite nation, very close cousins with the Israelites, um, same blood, but they they worshiped a god called Shemosh. And the reason why they were considered pagan, obviously they did not worship uh, our god, and they also uh, did human sacrifices from time to time. So Ruth was from that people group. And it says here, and a certain man from Bethlehem and Judah with his wife and two sons went to reside in the land of Moab. The man's name, Elimelech, his wife's name, Naomi, and the names of his two sons were Malon and Chilion. They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem and Judah, and they entered into the land of Moab and settled there. Then Naomi's husband, Elimelech, died, and she was left with two sons who took Moabite wives as their women as their wives, one named Orpah and the other one named Ruth. And after they had lived in Moab for about 10 years, both Malon and Chilion also died. And Naomi was left without her two sons and without her husband. Now, I need you to understand, in those times, if a wife, an elderly woman, lost her son and her two, do- and her two sons, sorry, and her husband, she had no source of income. That means she was going to have a really hard time. Okay, there wasn't no EDD. Wasn't no cow, cow works. Wasn't no cow fresh. You was going to have a really hard time. You got to figure out how you're going to wash somebody's clothes. You're going to do something to make ends meet. And she was older in age. So this was a hard situation. And remember, they fled because it was a time of famine. So this was a time of difficult time in the nation. Skip down to six uh, or keep going on six. It says, when Naomi heard in Moab that the Lord had attended to his people by providing them with food. So that means in her place, uh, you know, they had things were getting better. So she said, I'm going to go back. And she encouraged, she said in in eight, she said to her two daughters-in-law, go back, each of you to your mother's home. May the Lord show you loving devotion as you have shown to your dead and to me. So she's telling these two two daughters-in-law, 
Go back to your land. Go get, go find new husbands. Go restart your life. Don't worry about me. My life is over. And, and that hit me. She even renames, later you'll see she renames herself bitter, Mara. She becomes so sorrowful because of her circumstance. But listen to, Orpah decides, I'm going to go back to my family. But Ruth says, do not urge me. This is in 16. If you want to skip there. She says, do not urge me to leave you or turn from following you. Or wherever you, for wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people. And your God will be my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord punish me and ever so severely if anything but death separates me from you. What I see here and what I want to talk to you about is that the Lord is calling us to a time of committing to each other in a deep way, in a deep way. I want you to begin to think about saying these words over your family, over your community. I will never leave you. We need to hear that from each other. I will never leave you. I'm committed to you. You know, I might be assigned somewhere else. I might be moved to another state. Doesn't mean I've left. I'm still with you. I'm available to you. I'm praying for you. I want you to know you're important in my life. This is what Ruth is saying to her mother-in-law. I will not leave you. And we need to hear that in these perilous times when so many things look so disastrous, when everything seems to be evil and, and, and beyond our emotional capacity to know that we got each other like that. I know I need to hear it. I need to know that when I'm having a hard time, I can pick up my phone and call and I can get a sister on the line and say, I need prayer. I need, you know, yesterday we had a, a special time. There was about 20 ladies. We had this event, which we called Seasons with Sisters. It was a Mother's Day and women's event. And we all came together and the Lord kept on telling me, um, don't, don't over plan it. Just, just get together with the ladies. And I was like, we don't need to have service. We don't need to have a program. We don't need to have the, no, you don't just show up. And I didn't even have a singer y'all. I felt so, I felt like I was out of order. Didn't have my singers set up. The Lord said, I'm going to provide everything. I just need you to show up. He used Netta to put together a beautiful service, everything decorated beautifully. She followed up, did all the administration. And she told me it wasn't too hard. Praise God. And then on the day of, there was someone there who has a beautiful voice. And the Lord said, there's your ram in the bush. And I said, would you like to lead us in worship this morning? And she said, she, you, could feel, you could see it went into her spirit right then. She went off into the corner, started speaking over herself, started getting herself together, and came and led us in a medley, a cappella. And it was so beautiful. It was so beautiful. And sometimes the Lord wants us to not, he doesn't want us to be so, it's not about 
committing to a ministry every Tuesday and Thursday. No, make yourself available. Be ready to be called on. I need prayer. I got you. I need somebody. And if you can't do it that day, that's okay. Somebody else will answer the call. I need you to be down here and help me set up some chairs. I need you to, you know, uh, uh, just in the back over here, the Lord spoke some things over over, uh, to me about one of our our camera people. And I wanted to interrupt everything and say, I got to pray for this person. I was like, get yourself in order. You ain't going to interrupt. They're talking about how the service is going to be. And I was like, I need to. I'm going I'm to pray for this guy. I'm, woo, I got to pray for him. And then I told Raul and Raul went and got him. <laughs> we prayed over him. And I knew that was God saying, you know, Holy Spirit, he wants us to make sure that we're available to each other. He wants us to look at each other. As a matter of fact, I'm going to invite you. Look at somebody around you and say, I will not leave you. 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 There's a beautiful song and it says, I need you. You need me. We're all a part of God's body. Stand with me. Agree with me, we're all a part of God's body. It is his will that every need be supplied. You are important to me. I need you to survive. Hallelujah. I need you to survive. And you know what? I don't want you to just survive. I want you to thrive. I want you to walk in who God says you are. I want you to know that you're not alone. Today, the Lord has spoken to me that he needs us to say to each other, I will not leave you. And as we commit to each other, he's committing to us because we're two or more gathered. Guess what? Come on, say it. Y'all know it. There he is. There he is. He's with us. He's in us. He's working through us. Do not urge me to leave you or turn from you. Wherever you go, I will go. I will hunt you down. Y'all don't know me. There's a lot of people in here who know that about me. They're like, ooh, she ain't playing. I surely will. It's funny, uh, a joke, but not really. Um, my daughter has told some of her friends what I do, and they're like, let me just explain some things to you about my mom. If you start getting too far off the rails, she's going to come get you. Like, and he's, she's telling her friends this. I'm like, yeah, because you know why? Because I know what's waiting for you. Hey, I seen it my, with my own eyes in my own life. And then even the more over and over and over, I seen this bad record. I seen this bad movie and not on my watch. I'm not going to, I'm not going to watch you take that one hit, that one, that one smoke, that one time laying up with this one or that one. You think he's cute. You walking out, you walking out of somewhere. Ooh, he's cute. And he's setting you up. 
He's setting you up. You think she's cute? You think she got what you need? She's setting you up. You better know it. There's so many people that have started off over here. Everything was all cute. And they over here, they in jail. They're, they're, they got some long-term disease that's very hard to come out. They're sick. They're homeless. They're the, and I'm not blaming them, but it, it's not about blaming. It's just help. Let's, let's help each other see where it's headed. Not blaming, okay? Not blaming. I'm really big on saying if somebody is in a situation, somebody's using drugs, sometimes the, the way that I reframe that, I go, how has that kept you alive all this time? Okay? How has that, how has that helped you to survive? Because sometimes people are using drugs because they're in so much pain. They can't face the world. So I'm not blaming them, but I'm saying, where, where are we going to go from here? Are we going to look to the author and finisher of our faith? Are we going to keep looking to man-made? I wrote down and I kept saying it. I kept writing it down. I have looked all over the world. I've looked for answers in clinical things. I've looked for answers in shopping, in a nice meal, in a cup of coffee. I've looked for answers in friends, in hospitals, in government officials, in laws, in family support systems. I have not found any comfort in any of those things. They don't comfort my soul. I still feel grieved. I still feel let down. Am I the only one? The only one that can make it feel better is Jesus. He's the only one. All of those things can help me figure out what the problem is. I'm not going to discount because I go to counseling every week myself. And it helps me identify the problem, but it doesn't fix it. Fix it, Jesus. Fix it. We needed to come in him and fix it. And he, it ain't going to get right until we get him, let him in. Why? Because there's something about knowing that this man who's fully man and fully God laid himself down for me. Someone who I want you to understand when I was growing up, I felt so small. We moved out here from, from Pennsylvania. Did nobody check on us? We were over here eating whatever was in the refrigerator. Swanson TV meals, you know, little chocolate cupcakes. Talk to you about those. Those were my favorite. I can never stop talking about those and the butter corn. Sorry. And the fried chicken that was had stick at the bottom. You be trying to scrape it off. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I'm just trying to make sure you know I know what I'm talking about. You don't want to let none of that chicken on the bottom, huh? Okay. So, so you know, we, we, we had our, our, our days of living in difficult circumstances. A lot of people, it's funny, I meet people and they go, there's no way, Vanessa, maybe because of the way I speak or whatever, they say, there's no way you were ever poor. Huh. Okay. All right. I even had a guy say that it, she speaks with the, king, the king's English. I was like, oh, wow, that sounds awesome. I'm going to float in like a queen. Um, But, you know, it's all God. It's all him. He took my mess and made a message. 
And what he's done for me, he will do for you. So my message to you today is really simple. Be there for one another. This world is hard, guys. It is so hard to be in this world and watch all this wickedness. And if we're not there for each other as the body, if we don't love each other with that everlasting love, that deep love, that love that'll look beyond your mess, I can't tell you how many, you know, how many times I've been in situations where I'm like, I don't like this person. Anybody? You ain't got to like me. Just love me. And I for you. I'm sure there are many times when the Lord looks down on us and go, what did I do? Anybody? I'm sure when he looks down on me, some of the things I'd be doing or I used to do a funny thing I used to do. I don't know. This is just, I just feel like confessing this to you guys. I'd be in my room and sometimes because I was, I was running such a tight schedule, you know, doing what I'm doing. You got to be on, be on, on. So every time, every now and then I'd take a drink of a bottle of water and I just slam it on the ground. Anybody drink your whole bottle of water, just slam it. No. I'm the only one. Okay. Wow. I feel really left out. What happened to us? We're together. What happened? Just raise your hand. Even if you didn't do it. Oh, good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> no, my husband would go, what are you doing? I'd be in there doing my computer. Nah, 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 and I drink my water, chug it and slam it. Like, Yeah. I could get rough around here still. I don't have to be so nice all the time. And that was my way to let out a little aggression, a little irritation I might've had that was pent up. Some some of us, you know, have our ways and God just goes, ooh, you're a little strange, but I love you. The Lord loves you. I want you to stand up. I want you to receive at this time. I want you to receive his love. I want you to know the depth, the width, how much he cares for you. This has been New Hope Radio, a ministry of New Hope Christian Fellowship. You're invited to worship with them at 22110 Montgomery Street in Hayward. Services are held Sundays at 10 a.m. For other service times and more information, see New Hope Christian Fellowship online at nhcfonline.org. That's nhcfonline.org. Join us next week at this time for New Hope Radio here on AM 1100 KFAX. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.